Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is being prepared for death. Yes, we're going to talk about the big taboo, death. Even though death is all around us every single day, everywhere we look in this world, we're constantly faced with death. People always talking about death. People are exposed to death 24 hours a day, especially on the television, social media, the movies, video games. I mean, death is just around us all the time. Even though we're surrounded by images of death, most people still don't really want to talk about death. Now, death becomes so objectified. Death becomes just something that happens to non-human beings. Death is not personalized. A lot of times people don't really talk about their own mortality or the mortality of their loved ones. Death is pretty much desensitized. People talk about death as if it's not something that's going to eventually happen to them or their loved ones. Death is something that is seen to happen to other people. After a while, because we're exposed to death 24 hours a day, especially in Western society, dealing with the social media in particular, because they're always showing on television somebody dying. The movies the music. We're constantly bombarded with death. We're always talking about who killed who. How many people died here? Mass shootings, genocide, war, crime, domestic violence. We're always talking about people who died, but we kind of externalize death. We talk about it as if it doesn't exist for us, right? So, Death is not something that most people want to talk about. Not when it concerns them personally. Now let's talk about why. Why most people don't even want to talk about death when it comes to themselves or their loved ones. They don't really want to talk about it. Basically, it's a learned behavior. It depends on the culture that you live in. In indigenous culture, people accept death as a normal part of living. They know that the fact that they are born, they have to die. And they have thousand years of tradition that pretty much reinforces that death is part of life. So death is not something that is feared. It's not something that is secret. It's not something that is a taboo. It's it's not something that is forbidden in terms of accepting one's death or the death of one's loved one. Because of that, their spirituality pretty much lays the foundation for them to embrace death as a normal part of life. But they're embracing death as a normal process. Okay, They're not embracing or promoting premature death. right? Because in Western culture, the emphasis is not placed on natural death. We don't really see people dying of old age. Or people are just dying of natural diseases. 
Natural diseases meaning that it's not something that is man-made or man-induced, meaning that it's not a disease that is caused by the environment. Okay, A natural death is a person has a problem within their body, and that problem wasn't caused by what they were eating, the environment that they were in, some chemical they were exposed to. We're not talking about that type of death. That's not natural. That's a premature death. If you're dying of cancer because you're exposed to some type of carcinogen, that's not really a natural death. That is an induced death, right? So in Western culture, we see a lot of induced deaths, especially when it comes to cancer, because all of a sudden we hear people having cancer in every part of their bodies, all right? And that's something that we really didn't hear about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. People were dying. People have been dying from the beginning of time. Death, again, is a natural process. It's something that happens to us naturally. It's something that happens. You know, if, if you're perfectly healthy with not, not one ailment or disease in your body, you're still going to die. I mean, death is inevitable. So we're talking about natural death versus premature death. So in indigenous cultures, the focus was more on natural death. People all get to a point where they're going to die. And ultimately, people prepare for that. Now, did that mean that everyone died a natural death? Absolutely not. They had wars. They had conflicts. They had accidents. You know, they had natural disasters. People died by different means. But the emphasis was not death by unnatural means. The emphasis was always death is going to come naturally. Right? Now, in Western culture, we see death around us all the time as if it's normal. And the death that we see around us is, again, man-made. It's induced death. And that's the reason why people really don't want to talk about death because death is associated with the following negative states. Right? Because they see people who are dying. They're not just going to sleep because they're old and they just die. Or they have a natural ailment. Natural meaning that something went wrong in their body. The body is not functioning properly. It's not due to anyone's intervention or interfering. It's just that things happen and they die. You don't see that. You see people who are suffering. Death is associated with pain and suffering. It's associated with trauma. Usually some type of physical trauma. Somebody is stabbed, somebody is shot, somebody is hit over the head with a pipe. That's severe physical trauma. Death is associated with distress, extreme distress. It's associated with sadness, depression. People are worried about death. People panic about death. People are afraid of death. Death is associated with a loss, grief, detachment, separation. Now, because of that, a lot of people really don't want to deal with death. They really don't want to talk about it. Now, obviously, if death is associated with all these negative things, nobody really want to be in a negative state of mind. It's kind of very distressing to think that one day when you die as an individual, your family or your loved ones may go through all of these things. Or you yourself may go through the pain and the suffering before you die or the physical trauma. Nobody wants to imagine their own death and see themselves suffering. Nobody really wants to do that. So 
that is the reason why a lot of people don't even want to talk about death is because it's always associated with some type of negativity. Now, death is not presented or discussed in a positive way. It's often displayed as a horrible fate. That means that something bad is going to happen to you when you die. You're going to die a very painful death. It's the worst case scenario because this is how death is presented to us in terms of the visual. How we talk about death in Western culture is always morbid. It's always negative. It's always something horrible. You know, when people talk about death, it's some horrible disease that they got. They got cancer. Okay, they have some type of malignancy, tumor, something that, you know, heart attack, a stroke, diabetes, some disease that pretty much deteriorate their health and they're gone. And usually it's a very painful thing. You see the person go from a healthy person and you gradually see the deterioration. So if death is presented that way all the time, or we discuss about death in that way, of course, nobody wants to die like that. Okay, when we talk about death, we talk about horrible accidents, car accidents, train accidents, plane accidents. We talk about people receiving injuries that end up taking their lives. We talk about violence, gunshots, stab wounds, head being cut off, you know, machetes. When we talk about death in that way, obviously nobody really wants to imagine that they're going to go out like that. Most people don't want to think about death in that way. Okay, again, when we think about death, we think about a crime, murder, somebody killing somebody. It's, you know, somebody is targeting somebody to kill them. And usually we talk about very horrific deaths, how a person died, a person died of poison. Somebody was poisoned. Somebody was suffocated, choked to death. Somebody was beaten to death. I mean, when we hear that, that's very distressing. Now, who really want to think about that? Oh, my gosh. When we take a think about death, we think about war. We think about people being just killed in horrific ways. We don't think war, we don't think about one individual dying. We think about thousands of individuals dying. We think about group genocide. We think about massacres. This is what we think about when we think about war. And it happens all the time. Now, when we think about death, we think about natural disaster. We think about hurricanes, earthquakes, tsunamis, tornadoes, just taking people's lives. When we think about death, we think about starvation. Somebody's starving to death. Famine. That is a very painful death, to starve to death, to be deprived of food and water. That is a very painful death. When we think about death, we think about abuse and enslavement, somebody enslaving somebody, oppressing them, human trafficking victim. They're being abused, sexually abused, raped, violated. When we think about that, we think about drugs and alcohol addiction, people dying a very distressful death using alcohol and drugs, whether they're overdosing, it's an immediate death, or it's a slow, painful death. We think about reckless behaviors, people driving recklessly, people doing things that are irresponsible, and as a result of that, they end up dying. 
We also think about suicide when we think about death. Suicide. People taking their own lives because they're they're in so much pain and agony emotionally and mentally, sometimes even physically because of some diseases or accidents or violent crimes or a natural disaster. Sometimes they're in so much pain physically or emotionally, mentally, that they can't take it no more, that they choose to take their own lives. Now, these are the things that we think about when we think about death. So because these are the things that we're thinking, of course, nobody wants to talk about death. It's understandable why nobody wants to talk about death because death is seen as such a horrific thing, something that's just horrible. Nobody wants to go out like that. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people are pretty much forced to talk about death, right? So people are taught or conditioned to fear death and avoid dealing with this reality until it's too late, all right? They're forced to talk about death when death is imminent or is pending. This is the time that they choose to talk about death. In other words, you know, they don't want to talk about death until they have to. This is something that they have to do. And what are the situations when people have to talk about death? When they're in the hospital, they're in a medical emergency room. They probably just had a heart attack or a stroke. That's when they start thinking about death. They're in a hospice. They've been diagnosed with six months or less to live. That's when they're thinking about death. When they're leaving the doctor's office and they just told them that they have a uncurable disease that's going to take their lives. That's when they start thinking about death. All right. When they're in a car accident, that's when they start thinking about death. When they almost drown. When they have some type of physical altercation with someone, a fight, and they can see their lives flash in front of them. Like, hey, you know what? I could have died today. When they're being raped or sexually assaulted, somebody is about to take their lives. When they're a victim of domestic violence, somebody is physically harming them. Somebody's threatened to harm them. When they are involved in a drug overdose. Or they're just taking drugs and they know that, hey, you know what? Maybe I just took a little too much today. So people are forced to talk about death. It's not something that they normally do on their own. Okay? Because they are taught or conditioned to naturally fear death. And they avoid dealing with that reality. No matter what, they don't want to talk about it until it's too late. When death is knocking on their door. All right? Death is knocking on their door. Now, let's just revisit social media for a second. This is something that we have to understand. So we have to not feed our minds with all this poison about death and about just it being such a negative thing. Now, yeah, the conditions of death obviously are horrible. Nobody should have to die in the ways that I just spoke about. Nobody. But unfortunately, we do live in a violent world. We live in a world where people don't care about other people. People objectify other people. They see people as things, as objects. They deprive people of their humanity. And people become inhumane. So because people become inhumane, they become desensitized 
So it becomes acceptable for us to live and we're constantly exposed to death. After a while, we don't even see it anymore. Like I said, we depersonalize it. We're desensitized to it. We don't even see it. Why? Because the social media, we're constantly bombarded. I said it and I'm saying it again. Television, movies, newspapers, they present stories of people who are dying. Unnatural death. Unnatural death. This is what they focus on. We really don't see stories or movies about people who are dying a natural death due to old age or natural causes. Okay? They never or rarely have a featured story of someone dying in a peaceful, non-violent, or humane way. No one ever dies with dignity. Death is seen as a plague that hunts humanity. That's what it is. I'm going to repeat it. Death is seen as a plague. Death is not seen as a natural state because of the unnatural conditions that we die of. All right? However, death is an inevitable part of life. Death is something that everyone at some point of their journey will experience. This is something that is inevitable. Inevitable. All right? So we have to be able to have a personal and intimate conversation about death. We cannot continue to depersonalize it, make it seem as if it's no big deal. You know, as if we live our lives as if it's never going to happen. Or we live our lives in fear of it. Right? So it's definitely a challenge to address death on a personal level. That means that everybody is going to have to face their own mortality. Everybody at some point is going to have to face their own mortality. Now, just the thought of the end of this life can be very stressful and anxiety producing for some people. Just a thought. Just a thought. Now, most people are scared to death. <laughs> They're scared to death just to speak or even entertain the possibility of their own death or the death of their loved ones. They are so afraid. Nobody wants to talk about it. Now, let's talk about why. Why? Why? Now, we already mentioned earlier that it is a learned behavior because it depends on the culture that you are raised in. If the culture doesn't really emphasize the natural state of death, then it becomes an unnatural thing. If the, if the culture trivializes death, minimize it, make it seem like it's nothing, you know, they objectify it like it's not, it's a thing. It's not really a natural process. It's something that, that just happens to other people. It's not something that's going to happen to you. Now, if you are taught that, then that's what happened. You become afraid of death. Or as a child, if you're brought up in an environment where you see your parents, family members, the way that they address the topic of death or the way that they react to other people's death, then you learn how to respond to death and you learn how to conceptualize death. 
How do you conceive death? How do you perceive death? Now, that has a lot to do with how you were raised. Okay? It has a lot to do with how you were raised. Right? Now, people who are religious, of course, these people tend to focus more on death in a religious way. Right? Now, not that some of them really get into their own mortality, not they really think about their own death. They may not. Some of them, it all depends on the religious practice. But at least they're able to conceive of their own death. They even talk about their own death because a lot of the religions talk about the afterlife. They talk about what happens after you die. So a lot of people spend their lives to make sure that they live in a way that's going to guarantee that after they die, that they're going to have a better life. Meaning that they're going to go to some place that is going to be a pleasant place to be. Okay? In Christianity, the goal is to go to heaven. So a lot of people make sure that they live in a way that they're going to be able to go to heaven after they die. Now, they want to avoid hell, which is the place that people who commit sins, people who are evil, people who are not very agreeable, people who don't do the right thing. That's where they go. Now, this is the belief. I'm not promoting Christianity. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that. All I'm giving in is example of a person who is religious and they try to live their lives according to their religious belief that if they live a humble life, if they live a good Christian life, then afterwards they'll go somewhere that is pleasant. It'll be a paradise. Now, people who are Muslim have similar beliefs. They go to a, an afterlife where it's beautiful and pleasant. Okay, so we have other people who believe similar things, right? So people who are religious, at least they think about their lives after death. Right, So they are thinking about death. At least they think about death in a good way. They're usually not afraid of death because they know exactly what's going to happen after life. Now, no is something that they were taught. Now, we have no proof that that is happening. We don't know. But they believe that. They believe that. They have faith that that's what's going to happen. At least they have a dialogue about death. It's not something that they avoid altogether. Okay. Now we have other people who are not religious. You know, you have people who are atheists and they believe that after death, that's it. Okay. Once they die, they cease to exist. There is no continuation in the afterlife. There is no, there is no soul. There is no spirit that continues. That's it. Some people who are atheists believe that. Some people who are atheists believe that people just go to a higher plane in terms of their consciousness. There is no God or creator. They just go back to the infinite source. Okay? So everyone's going to have their own belief. Now, people who are spiritual, on the other hand, they perceive death in a whole different way. All right, they perceive death in a whole different way. Now, for them, death is welcome. People who are spiritual, 
They believe that death is a natural part of living. And death is just a transition from one world into the next. From one level of consciousness into another level of consciousness. From one state of being into another state of being. So people who are spiritual practitioners, they're not afraid of death at all. Once they get to that level that they really understand the nature of living, they understand that life is all about dying. If we look around the world, we see that things constantly die and they're reborn. Look at the, the plants, the flowers. Everything dies, but yet they're reborn. Right? Death is nothing but a natural state. So they live as if every day is their last day. Because one thing about death, we really don't know when death is going to happen. We have no idea. Now, in some occasions, some people do know they're going to die. Some people know. Some people have premonitions. Some people have spiritual abilities or psychic abilities that they can sense intuitively their own death. Or they have been shown through visions and dreams their own death. So they pretty much know that they're going to die. Now, it's rare that they know exactly the day, the minute, the second. But yet it is still possible. There are people who know exactly when they're going to die. So because they know exactly when they're going to die, they enjoy life. They know that life is a gift. They know that they are here for a certain time, for a certain purpose. And they don't take that for granted. They really get into living because they know that their time is coming. Now, unfortunately, in this world, because we're so caught in the human experience, a lot of people do forget that they are spiritual beings. And they forget to nurture their spirits and to connect with their spirits. They forget that they are connected to everything and everyone. And because they forget that, they have a sense of separation. They think that they're alone, that, you know, they, they exist on their own. And so because of that, they have this separation, this individuality, this selfish state of mind. They think that, hey, I'm here by myself and it doesn't matter what I do. As if what they do is not going to affect other people. Everything that we do on this planet affects everything and everyone else. Even if we're not consciously aware of that. Obviously, we won't be. Now, you can see what you do, how it affects your immediate circle. People that you come into contact with. Your family, your neighbor, your co-workers, the people that you physically meet. You can see how you can have a direct effect on these people. But there's something else that's happening as well that you cannot see. So the people who are spiritual, they understand that they have to live responsibly. They're not worried about death. They just focus on living responsibly because they know that as they go about their daily living, that they are having an impact on everyone and everything. So they want to make sure that they have a positive impact and they're not here in any way to disrupt or disturb or to harm anyone because they know that 
this is what they're here to do, is to live responsibly. They live, they have what they call mindful living. They're very mindful. They practice practice mindfulness. They know that they're here for something that's very special. Even though life may be difficult sometimes, very challenging, people do go through crisis and they go through problems, they go to disease, they go to afflictions and trauma and stress. People who are spiritual, they understand that's part of the journey. And they don't get all wrapped up in the physical aspect of life. They have to transcend certain situations. They allow themselves to learn, allow themselves to grow, allow themselves to experience it, but they stay focused on that this is an experience. This is temporary. This life is not forever. When you're a spiritual being, you understand your mortality, physical mortality, but you do understand your spiritual immortality. I'm going to repeat one more time. When you are a spiritual being, you understand your physical mortality. You know that one day this body will no longer exist. But you understand as a spirit, you are immortal. You have immortality that you will live again and again if you choose to come back here, which is reincarnation. If you don't choose to come back here, it's fine. You go on to other planes of existence. So when you are spiritually aware of that, you're not going to fear death. You're not going to fear death. You're not going to be afraid of death. Now, of course, again, people don't want to die. No matter how spiritual you are, I don't think anyone wants to die in the horrific ways that we talk about death, the ways that people, some people die on this planet. I don't think nobody wants to do that. But if you're spiritual, you understand if that happens, it's just a temporary thing. Because you are not the body. You are not the flesh. You're in the body to have an experience. You incarnated in the body to have this human experience. But it's not you. Yeah, you'll feel the pain. You'll feel the suffering. But at the moment of death, physical death, all that is over. It's over. You're able to exit that body and you're able to go back where you came from, which is the spiritual realm. So a lot of times people don't fear that momentary experience. That mom is momentary. It's the moment. They don't fear that experience. They know that it's a transition. It's like changing clothes. Yeah, you may have a temporary discomfort, but you know that you're going to go on to have a much different or better experience. All right? So they're not really worried about death. They're not overly concerned about death. They're not terrified of death. Death to them is not something to be feared because they understand that it is an inevitable part of the human experience. Now, does that mean that they're okay with what's going on in the planet right now in terms of the horrible induced deaths that are happening? No. That doesn't mean they're happy with the genocides, with the homicide, with the suicides, with the violence and, you know, with the oppression and degradation. No. People who are spiritual work towards trying to eliminate those things because they know their purpose is to come here and uplift humanity and better humanity. So you're not going to find people who are spiritual engaging in these type of activities. 
really spiritual. Of course, somebody can fake the funk and say that they're spiritual, but they're not. They say they're spiritual, but they're not. And if you see someone engaging in, you know, in homicide and genocide and hurting other people and destroying people and contributing towards people's death, of course, they're not spiritual in terms of their practice. They're not being spiritual because when you're spiritual, that means that you are connected to everything. You're a part of everything. And you know that if you cause harm to somebody, you're bringing harm to yourself. Okay. Either you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And if you're spiritual, you're going to be part of the solution. Right. Now, another thing is that when you're spiritual, you really get in tune with the body. Right. You try to nurture protect the body so you can have the body be healthy so you won't die a premature death because a lot of people are dying of premature deaths all right now in the united states it is reported by the cdc center for disease control they report that about 74 percent of all deaths are caused by 10 reasons Now, 10 reasons in the United States. We're not talking about globally, just in the United States. The majority of people die from heart disease. The majority of people. Heart disease. Cancer. Unintentional injuries or accidents. Chronic lower respiratory disease. Stroke. Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, and suicides, right? We also have influenza and pneumonia, kidney disease, right? These are the top 10 reasons why people die. Now, that's a serious problem because the majority of these people, 74% of people didn't really have to die. We can consider those things to be premature deaths. Right, so we're dealing with the environment. So the environment is pretty much causing the majority of people to die a premature death. And that's the reason why people are afraid to die. Now, the same time people are afraid to die, no one is really, I'm not going to say no one, but most people are not paying attention to the cause of death. Because if they were, then instead of them being afraid of death, they would be putting their time and their energy to address why people are dying prematurely. Why are people dying of heart disease? What, what's, what's the problem? People are dying of heart. Why? why? That's the number one cause of death in the United States. Heart disease. Why? Are people eating wrong? Are people not getting the proper nutrition? They're not getting the proper rest? What is interfering with people's hearts and causing people to be sick? What's the problem? Cancer. Why is it that cancer is pretty much killing people in the United States? Unintentional injuries. What's making people don't pay attention? What is, why people are being reckless and, and creating accidents to kill each other? Chronic lower respiratory problem. What's, what's, why? Are people breathing polluted air? Are people not provided preventive care, medical preventive care? Stroke. Why are people dying of stroke and cerebrovascular disease? Why? Why are people are having Alzheimer's disease? Why? What's going on? What's going on with the brain? 
diabetes. Why people are dying of diabetes? They're not eating properly? Influenza and pneumonia. Why people cannot recover from this? What's going on with their immune system? Kidney disease. What's destroying people's kidneys? And suicide. Why people want to kill themselves? All right, so these are the questions. Instead of us focusing on being afraid of death, we're so afraid of death, but why are these things still happening? Because these are things that could be addressed. And if those things are addressed, we can reduce the death rate, even though we all are going to die. Well, yes, we're going to die. We're going to be exposed to different microbes that's going to cause us to be sick. But if our immune system is operating as at maximum capacity, then we can fight these diseases. If we're eating properly, we're sleeping, we are not bombarded by stressful events. All right? And we don't have to face wars and battles and massacres and conflicts. Now, we can definitely eliminate premature death if we deal with these issues. Now, of course, we can do so much, but we're talking about 74% of all death in the United States. That is something that we really, really need to think about. Instead of us being so focused on avoiding death in terms of avoid talking about it, avoid dealing with it, avoid planning for it. You know what I'm saying? So there's a difference between being obsessed with death and actually being prepared for death. So let's just talk about that. Being prepared for death. All right. There's there's different components to being prepared for death. You know, we just talk about dealing with just the mental aspect of it. The people just thinking about death. You know, we dealt with the emotional aspect. People feeling some type of way about death. All right. Now, socially speaking, we talk about how people deal with death. You know, just avoiding it and how people are given information about death and presenting death in a negative way. And that's the reason why a lot of people are afraid of death because death is associated with so much distress, pain, trauma, and suffering. We talk about that. We talk about the spiritual aspect of death where, you know, people have to learn how to transcend death, knowing that death is not the end of themselves as a spiritual being, but it is the end of a physical life. But then there are other lives to live. Right? Now, some people say, well, there's no proof of that. Again, it is the power of belief. You believe that. Right? And we see it in life all the time. We see things die and they're reborn. They're reborn here, yeah. So if they can be reborn here, they could be reborn in other places as well. Right? So as above, so below. Right? As above, so below. All right? So now let's talk about just... Preparing for death, all right? Preparing for death. Now, unfortunately, we do live in a world where 74% of the death, especially in America, are premature, all right? Now, the whole thing is trying to deal with your self-care, all right? Practicing mindful living to at least physically live a better quality life, all right? Now, death is inevitable. We're going to die, and there's nothing we could do about that. You know, but instead of dreading, oh my God, I'm going to die. No, we could actively live a life of prosperity, a life of joy and happiness, a life of 
just having a good experience. It is up to us how we choose to live the life we have. Whether we're here for 10 years, we're here for 20, 40, 50, so it doesn't matter. We always have to keep in mind that, that death is inevitable, that death can come at any time. And, and when we have that mindset, we're not afraid of death, okay? We are embracing death. We accept that truth. We accept the reality that we can die any minute. So if you think of death that this day may be your last day, are you going to spend your last day running around trying to kill and hurt other people? If you are, then you're sick. You're sick. You're mentally sick if you want to spend your last day on earth killing and harming other people. All right. Now, when they ask people who are in hospice care, meaning that they're going to die immediately, imminently, they have six months, they've been given six months or less. Now, majority of these people, all right, or people at their deathbed, whether in the hospice care or not, they ask them, what do you regret? What do you feel like you didn't do enough of? If you had to live all over again, what would you do? And the majority of these people did not talk about the people that they would kill, the people that they were hurt, you know, the material things they didn't have, the money that they didn't make. Majority of the people didn't talk about that. They talk about the life that they didn't live, the experience that they didn't have, the people that they didn't love, the people who were loving them that they didn't have opportunity to experience or appreciate that love. They talk about all the wonderful things that they always wanted to do, but never made the time to do it. So when you think about death as something that's natural, you're going to take care of the physical body as much as you can to kind of help yourself not have a premature death, right? At the same time, you're going to think about what is it that I can do today that I should do because tomorrow is not promised. Those are the things that you're going to think about. You don't have to wait until your deathbed. You don't have to wait until you're dying for you to think about those things. You can start thinking about those things right now. What is it that you want to do with the life that's given to you? Every single day that you wake up may be your last day. You may go to the store and you may not come back. You may go drive a car and you may not come back. You may go to work. You may not come back. All right. So I'm not saying this in, in any way to incite fear. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. No, you're going to die anyway. All right. But think about how do you live? How do you make the best of every single day? How do you enjoy the day? No matter what your circumstances may be, you're going to have to learn to transcend rise above the negativity, right? You're going to do the best that you can to make sure that you have a good quality life, no matter what the situation may be. Now, the goal is to change the situation if that's the problem. If you can't change the situation, then you're going to rise above it and you're going to make the best of it because every day could be your last day on earth. Now, a lot of people take people in their lives for granted. They take people in their lives. You have your husband, your wife, your children, your best friend. You take them for granted. You think they're going to be around forever. 
They're not going to be around forever in this physical world. They'll be around forever in the spiritual realm, but not here. So don't abuse people. Exploit people. Take advantage of them. Neglect them. Make them feel bad. Thinking that you have time to make up for it. No, you don't. You don't have the time to make up for it. Every day is the day. Every day could be your last day. When you go to sleep at night, you may not wake up in the morning. That is just life. When you go to sleep, make sure you go to sleep with a happy mind. Do not go to sleep angry, afraid, bitter, hateful, envious, jealous. Because guess what? You may not wake up. In the state that you're in, when you depart this body, determines what happens to you after you leave here. So if you're vibrating at a negative frequency at the time of death, you're going to go to a lower vibratory place. Some people would call that a hell state. I don't call it that. I'm just saying what other people say. But you have lower frequencies and you have higher frequencies. Lower frequencies, you mean lower entities. Higher frequencies, you meet higher entities, meaning that you're going to have a different experience. So if you want to have a better experience after you exit the body, you have to make sure that you are vibrating at a positive frequency. So every single day, make sure that you're not staying in anger. You're not staying in hate. You're not staying in, in sorrow and pain and depression. Because once you exit that body, where you are is where you're going to continue. You're going to go to spiritual plane, but there's higher planes and there's lower planes. Some people get stuck in the astral plane because they are harboring so much negativity. So when we talk about death, we're talking about living. All right? Death is about living your best life, preparing. Every single day you're living your best life, you're preparing so when you do die, when you do exit the body, when you do transition, that you'll go on and have a continued good life. Now, it's not even external. Because remember, you're going to leave all this behind. You're not taking none of this situation, this circumstance. You're not taking the PlayStation. You're not taking your money. You're not taking your Rolls Royce. You're not taking your gold, your diamond, your, your, your uh, brand name clothes. When you die, you're leaving everything here on this planet. So think more of what can I take with me that is going to be lasting. The only thing you can take with you is your own personal experience. Your own emotions, your own memory. That's what you take with you. All those things are energy. So it's very important that we practice mindful living. If you practice mindful living, you, you, you're not going to worry about death. You, you know, you cherish life. You appreciate the moment, the time, the people, and you try to have the best experience that you can have. The best experience that you can have. Now, as part of being prepared for death, you know, we got to understand that one day we're going to die. So especially as you get older. So a lot of people, they should start doing estate planning. Now we have to already talk about the emotional, the mental, the spiritual. Now let's talk about, you know, the, the, the physical preparations that you do. All right, you got a state plan, okay? This is when an individual decides while they're alive how to manage their estate while they're still alive. Now, you want to make sure 
that after you die, you're not going to leave a burden for your family. I mean, that's part of being prepared for death. Okay, you have to know how your finances are going to be measured. You work so hard. How your finances are going to be managed after you die. Now, while you're sick and you can't do anything for yourself, if you find yourself in that state, in a premature state, or you are dying naturally, you got to know how you're going to deal with your health care. Now, if you have any life insurance benefits, all right? Now, if you have any property, what's going to happen to you when you physically leave here? All right? Now, you want to make sure that you create an advanced directive. We're going to talk about that. And what are your priorities? What are the things that you, that are important to you that you want to be done before you die or after you die? Okay? You got to choose a representative, uh, a health care agent, someone that's going to be able to execute, you know, your wishes. Whatever it is that you want to happen when dealing with your health care, you want to have somebody do that for you. Whether it's your children, your grown 18-year-old up child, your brother, your sister, your best friend, your husband, your wife, you have to have somebody that's going to do that for you, all right? Now, giving somebody power of attorney, you're someone to speak for you to determine how your estate is going to be handled, okay? Now, if you need any type of medical intervention and you cannot speak for yourself, you're going to have someone speak for you. So, you know, now your funeral plans, when you do physically die, Somebody's going to have to be there to take care of your funeral plans. Who are, who's going to do that for you? Who's going to do that? So it's very important that you give somebody the power of attorney. Okay. Basically it's the document that gives someone the legal power to make decisions for you, make financial decisions for you, to make medical decisions for you. If you request that, okay, someone is going to take care of your bills, pay your debts, someone that's going to represent you when you are in a state where you can't represent yourself or you physically die and they're the ones that's going to be making decisions for you about your estate. So it's very important. A lot of people don't want to talk about that. All right. A lot of people don't want to talk about that, but that's something that we have to talk about. Now, Advanced directive. What is that? It is a written statement basically telling the person that you're giving legal authority to what it is that you want them to do when it comes to your medical treatment, right? Your medical treatment. You're telling them what it is that you want them to do. It's very important because a lot of times, you know, people die or people are dying and they don't have anybody to make decisions for them, all right? They don't have people to make decisions for them. So then your wife may be the one to make the decision for you or your child may be. Now, if you don't want your child or your wife to be making decisions for you and you want your brother or you want your cousin for whatever reason, you need to have a advanced directive, giving that person the permission to make decisions for you when it comes to your medical care. What type of medical care that you're going to get, all right? The type of treatment that you approve of while you're still alive, okay? Do you want them to resuscitate you if you go? If you have to be put on tube feeding, do you want that? 
Okay, if you can't breathe for yourself, do you want them to mechanically ventilate you? Do you want them to use ventilations? After you die, do you want somebody to give away your organs? Or do you want nobody touching your organs? All right? If you have six months to live, do you want them to put you in hospice care? Or do you have someone to take care of you at home? All right? These are the decisions that you have to make while you're physically alive. Because if you don't make those decisions, somebody else is going to make those decisions for you. Now, if you don't want to be resuscitated, you got to let them know. Don't give you CPR. Don't try to save your life. You do not want to be resuscitated. All right? Now, after you die, how do you want your body to be cared for? All right? Do you want to be cremated? Cremated is when you're burned and your ashes are spread or someone keeps your ashes. What do you want? If you know what you want, you know, you start thinking about that right now. So you have to be able to write a will. Okay, it's very important. Write a will. Right? Giving someone the power of attorney to make financial decisions for you, to make life decisions for you. That person you give the power of attorney can also be the person that makes your health decisions as well. Now, if you want to go ahead on and have two separate people do this, you can. You can assign somebody to take care of your finances and you could assign someone to take care of your health, health and medical decisions. Because sometimes people don't want to have the same person do all the work, especially if you have children. You could have one of your children do this and you could have the other child do that. Okay. Now, it's very important for you to make these decisions because if not, you're going to burden your family. They're going to have to be the one to make decisions on your behalf. And you may not necessarily want them to make those decisions for you. And some families cannot seem to agree on anything. So it's best that you start deciding right now if you want to be buried. Okay. Get your burial plot. They have prepaid burial plots that you can pay for while you're alive. You can actually choose which cemetery you're going to be buried in. Okay? How the services are going to be held. What type of clothes you want to wear when you're buried. What type of tombstone or headstone or grave marker that you like. You could actually plan your own funeral. You could actually plan your own funeral. Now it's important that you give the person who you have the power, who you give the power of attorney to, or the person who you're going to give the power to make medical decisions for you, you also have to give them your personal information. Some people are very secretive. They don't want people to know anything about them. But if you're planning for your death, not that you're planning on dying anytime soon, but inevitably death is going to happen. So it's very important that you give people information. Don't be so secretive. Let people know where you keep your birth certificate, your passport, your driver license, your divorce or separation papers, the list of income sources that you have. If you're making money, okay, if you have investments, you have, you know, um, you have uh, uh, property, you have a trust, okay, you have car titles, you have homeowner deeds. All those things you need to give the person that you're giving the power of attorney to. You need to let them know how to access this information. What is your veteran status? 
What is your place of birth? What's your full name? Because some people don't know people's full name. What is your source of income? Okay, are you getting Social Security benefits? What is your Social Security number? What are the bank accounts that you have? What are the passwords? Where did you work? What credit card debt do you have? All right, so it's very important as you plan your death. Okay, planning your death is not that you're going to die tomorrow, but if something should happen to you, somebody should know all this. Okay, now if you want to purchase life insurance, who are going to be the beneficiaries? Okay, if you have retirement plans, who's going to benefit from that? You have pensions, IRAs, CDs, 401k, investment, loans, all those things people need to be aware. Whoever is going to be your person that's going to have the power of attorney, they need to know all this stuff. If you have a, a minor child, who is going to be their guardian if there's not another parent? Now, if they have a living parent, of course, that person will be their guardian. All right. So it's very important that you discuss all these information. Now, I know people don't want to deal with that, but it's the reality. Now, if you are, if you have pets, who are you going to leave your pets to? All right, so we have to be able to have these discussions because we really don't know when we're going to die. Now, we could swear that we're going to live for the next 70, 80 years. People die at any age, at any time, at any moment. So this is not something that is morbid, like, oh my God, I'm going to die. No, it's just simply accepting the reality that we do die. And sometimes we do die premature deaths. So we need to have a plan in place so we don't create a hardship for our loved ones. Okay, a lot of people die, they have to go collect funds to give them some money just to bury them. People are scrambling all over the house and trying to find out their personal information. Now, if you have a life insurance and nobody knows about it and you don't have a beneficiary that knows about it, how are they gonna know to go collect? You have property. How are we going to know who, you know, who's going to inherit that property? And sometimes parents leave a mess behind because their children sometimes are not really together. They are not unified. And if there's any type of animosity, any type of problem in the family, after the death of the parent or the parents, there could be a lot of conflict, a lot of competition, a lot of animosity, a lot of problems. So to resolve these issues, it's best that you create a will. Okay, you create a will so everybody knows exactly what's going on. So it's important to leave a legacy behind. Whatever it is that you want to be done for you, whatever it is that you want people to remember you by, whatever it is that you want to continue after you live, it's very important that you take the initiative right now while you alive to actually plan for those things. Actually put it in writing. Give it to an attorney. Have it notarize make it official this will be your last wishes so please don't get caught off guard because life is about living and death is part of living because we have the beginning and we have the end okay the beginning and the end and in between is the life that we live from this time to that time that is our lives so we have to make the best of it we cannot be afraid of death we have to incorporate death into living. Thank you.